Well, flipping the calendar to July for me was rather sobering. Because uh, it finally hit me as I flipped the calendar to July that my end date here at Ivanrest, that has always been for me out there somewhere, a ways out there, suddenly was in view on the end of the calendar there, on the month that I flipped to. So including this Sunday, we have three more Sundays together. I have three more opportunities to speak to you as, as pastor. And so when I was planning months ago this schedule out, I didn't want to give us one Sunday to process this upcoming transition for us. I wanted to give us a three-part series, three weeks together, because it's a pretty big transition. We have some pretty big lessons to learn as we step into this new future that may be a little bit more murky and unknown that many of us are comfortable with, right? So for three weeks, we're going to be reflecting on, on God's dreams. Dreams, the wonderful, big, disruptive, scary, and exciting dreams that God has for us. And, and when I talk about dreams, I'm not talking about those images that come when you fall asleep. Right? The, the dreams that we need to think about together for this week and the following two, those dreams are, are the plans and desires that we have for the future. Right? The preferred future that we are hoping for. The preferred future that we are working towards. And those kind of dreams, when you have that preferred future out in front of you, those kind of dreams are powerful things. They really are. They motivate us to reach for a better future. They move us to dare to try and make a reality what, what may seem impossible at the time. Right? Think about some of, the, some of the preferred future, some of the dreams that moved history forward. Think about Orville and Wilbur Wright who dreamed about getting off the ground and into the air. Think about Martin Luther King Jr. who moved from from the pulpit of a small church in Alabama to the steps of the Lincoln Memorial because of a dream he had for racial equality. Think about a dream spoken by President Kennedy that moved Neil Armstrong from Earth to the moon. It was a dream for many of you that moved you, maybe from the high school classroom to the college classroom, and then finally up onto the stage in a cap and gown to graduate. It's a dream that moved many of you to do the work, to find a career, to find a job that you absolutely love. You could see it, that preferred future that you work towards. Your dreams have shaped your life. They're powerful. They're exciting. They're thrilling. And they are also extremely dangerous. Because dreams bring risk, and dreams bring pain, and dreams bring loss, right? The Wright brothers invested all that they had into this crazy idea and could have ended up penniless. Neil Armstrong had no certainty that he would come back to earth to his family alive when he blasted off from this earth. Dr. King had a premonition that his dream would end his life before 40, And that premonition came true on a motel balcony in Memphis, Tennessee, as a sniper took him out. Daring to dream, daring to go to that preferred future is a dangerous thing. And daring to dream God's dreams for us, God's dreams for us as individuals, God's dreams for us as a community is even more powerful 
and even more dangerous. You see, our good God, our good God has a dream for us. He has a preferred future for us that he longs for us to experience. And those dreams are disruptive, right? We design, you and I usually design our own dreams to keep us comfortable. We design our own preferred future to avoid disruption because we don't like disruption all that much. So for the most part, we, we dream in ways that keep our lives basically the way that they are. Because we know how to handle it, right? And, and we like it when the risk level is low and the comfort level is high. But God knows that in order for us to get to where he wants us to be, which is always better than where we are now, he's going to have to disrupt us. He's going to have to disrupt this place where we are. There's going to have to be a difficult and uncomfortable transition. So I think I, think I need to invite all of us to take a deep breath. Because there's a difficult and maybe sometimes uncomfortable transition time that you and I are all heading towards as we're choosing to look towards God's preferred future for us. Right? You know, the, the Bible is filled with stories of people who chose to live out God's disruptive dreams in their lives, who let God move them into his preferred future, even if it's not what they had chosen, even if it's not what they desired. They, they chose to allow God to move them, no matter the risk, no matter the danger, no matter the cost. It's full of stories of people who, who let go of the comfort they were experiencing so that they could experience the joy that God dreamt of for them. So, so think about some of those stories with me. Start with me with the story of Joseph. Joseph, right, the, the ultimate dreamer in the Old Testament. They called him the dreamer. In fact, turn with me to Genesis 37 if you, if you have your Bibles with you. Uh, page 31 in the Bibles we have. If you needed to get up and grab a Bible from the side, feel free to stand up and go grab one from the back or the side if you wish. Genesis 37. Here in Genesis 37, we meet Joseph, a young man of 17, the youngest of all the sons of Jacob, otherwise known as Israel. He's living in the desert. He's serving as, as a shepherd to his father's sheep. And honestly, being a shepherd sounds, maybe sounds kind of cool to us. It wasn't all that cool back then. It wasn't much of a life. It was a hot, dusty, dirty, miserable, pretty thankless job. So here's Joseph out in the middle of the desert with the sheep. He doesn't have much of a future to hope for. He doesn't have an educational plan. He doesn't have much to say about a career goal. As the youngest of 12, he's last in line for, the, for his father's inheritance. But he has a dream. In fact, he has two of them. And God does give him his dream while he's sleeping. We get to hear him in the first 11 verses of Genesis 37. Listen to his story. Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And he brought their father a bad report about them. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age. 
and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said. I had another dream, and this time the sun and moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father, as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Now, Joseph's first dream, his first dream that we read there, moves him from, from little brother, from the lowest in the family pecking order, to the one who rules over all of his brothers. Their sheaves of grain bow down to his, right? And his second dream moves him from the dry, dusty field with the sheep from nowhere to a throne room to a throne where his brothers and his mother and his father are all bowing down to him. He reigns over them all. That certainly is a preferred future, isn't it? A ruler instead of a, ki and a king, instead of a poor shepherd. To go from shepherd to king, unheard of. What a glorious dream. He sees something different. He sees something better off in the future, something preferred down the road. But that dream is dangerous. Yes, it's exciting, but it's dangerous. If you don't know the rest of the story, this afternoon, read the rest of Genesis 37. Read the rest of Genesis. That's, the, that's his story. You, you won't be disappointed if you read it again. You see, Joseph does become second, second in command in, over all of Egypt behind only Pharaoh himself. And the whole family does come and bow down before him. He reaches that preferred future, which is spectacular. But the journey to get there, if you know the story, painful, dangerous, difficult. I mean, glance if you have your Bibles open. You don't have to open them again. But verse 19 Verse 19, his brothers, Joseph's brothers, see him coming out in the field, and they say, here comes the dreamer. Come now, let's kill him. Throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. His brothers decide to kill him. They back off on that threat simply because they figure out they can make a little money by selling him instead. So they sell him into slavery. And so Joseph goes and becomes a slave in Egypt. Not a fun job, not a great place to be. But he, over the years and years, he faithfully does his job. While he rises up through the ranks as a slave to become an honored, trusted slave in a, in a prominent household until, until he's falsely accused of rape. And he starts way back at the bottom again. Now he's a prisoner for years, rotting away in a prison cell. Until finally, years later, he's invited to, to interpret Pharaoh's dream 
And he does. And suddenly this path towards becoming a ruler starts again. The journey is long and it's painful. But with the dream always out in front of him, Joseph stays faithful until God's preferred future for him becomes that reality. And this book, this book is full of, of God's dreams for his people. Dreams where God reveals that preferred future to the people he loves, invites them to step towards that future in faith. It's what Moses does. He shows the people of Israel, slaves in Egypt. He shows them God's dream. He says, God doesn't want you to be a slave. He wants you to be free. He wants to give you your own land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And he leads them there from slavery to freedom. That journey includes 40 years in a desert where their faith is tried and tested. But God's dream becomes reality. This is the very description of an Old Testament prophet. All the Old Testament prophets, they invite people to see and pursue God's preferred future for them, to move from where they are now to where they should be, to look beyond this present life they're living filled with disobedience and brokenness and the consequences that, that, that disobedience brings, to see his preferred, preferred future of blessing and joy that comes from obedience, to show them the dream and to move them there. Jesus himself lived out and invited us to live into that ultimate dream. He saw the brokenness of sin. And he painted a picture of God's preferred future for all of us. A future of forgiveness. A future of grace. A future of wholeness. Jesus revealed God's dream to all people. That all people would be right with him. And then he made it possible for you and I to move from judgment to grace. That journey isn't easy. It wasn't for Jesus. That journey for him took a cross. And Jesus tells us that wherever we're going <laughs> to the dream God has for us, we're going to pick up our cross and follow him to get there. Jesus decided it was worth it. To get to his prefer God's preferred future, it's worth the cross. And he says it's worth it for us, too, to pick up our cross to follow him. Because the comfort that we experience living on the guilt side of life can't compare to the freedom and joy that we experience living on the grace side of life. So our God is a dreamer. And our God has dreams for us, each one of us and all of us together. But he's not going to force us to live out his dream for us. God isn't going to come and make his dream come true. We can choose to stay right where we are. We can skip God's dream. We can let that preferred future he has for us always stay out there as a dream and never come true. We can. God's dream for you, God's dream for us, becomes a reality when we finally dare to submit to him. When we decide to make his dreams our dreams. When we see his preferred future instead of just our own. When we let go of the grip, that tight grip we have on today. So that we can receive what God has planned for tomorrow. 
And what I learned from dreamers like Joseph and Moses and all of the Old Testament prophets and Jesus himself is that those who, who dare to dream God's dreams don't then just sit back and passively wait for that preferred future to fall into their laps, to just appear in their lives or in their church. No, they, they see God's preferred future. They set their eyes on that future, and then, then they step towards it, and they live towards it. And you know what stepping towards God's preferred future is called? That's called obedience. Obedience, I think we understand it wrongly far too often. We see, so often see obedience as, as following a list of rules. Right? I follow the, the rules. I obey. I think obedience is so much deeper and more profound than that. It's not following regulations. Obedience is living into God's dream. Obedience is stepping into God's preferred future. And that's dangerous. Submission and obedience to God's dream is risky because he may ask you to serve when you'd rather be served. And he may ask you to speak up when you'd rather stay silent. He may ask you to love someone when you'd rather just ignore them or walk away from them. He may ask you to stay when you'd prefer to leave or leave when you'd prefer to stay. Dreaming his dream is dangerous. Just ask Joseph, ask Moses, ask all the Old Testament prophets, ask Jesus himself. But there's power to change your life. And there's power to change this church. And there's power to change this community and this world when you and I dare to dream God's dreams. Right? Pursuing that dream through the power of the Holy Spirit is what carried Joseph from the field with the sheep into Pharaoh's courtroom. And it's what carried the Israelites all the way to the promised land. And it's what carried Jesus alive out of that empty tomb. Pursuing that dream through the power of the Holy Spirit is what can carry you and me into God's preferred future for us. And isn't that what we truly desire? Isn't that what we really want in life? If not, then I think we all have some soul searching to do. If not, then as we learned last week, then we better be careful when we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. If that's not really what we want. So, so we're getting ready, we're preparing to step out of this mostly safe and comfortable reality that we've known together. And there are some losses that we need to mourn together, and there's some wonderful dreams that we need to be dreaming for Ivanrest Church. What are God's dreams for this community? What is his preferred future for us. Where does he want to bring us together? This is the perfect time for each of us to ask God, God, what are your dreams now? What is your preferred future for us and how do you want to get us there? That's an awesome question.
So at the end of the month, I will no longer be pastor at Ivan Rust Church. Starting August 1, this, this pastor-church relationship that we've had for 18 years will be over. And it certainly feels frightening. At least it does to me. It's an end that at moments I'd prefer not to face. It would have been so much easier, more comfortable to stay. But I know that God has dreams. And God's got a preferred future for me and Stacy and for you. For Ivan Rest Church, I can't wait to see it. Got, and for all of us to get there, even though we don't know exactly what there is yet, for all of us to get there, we need to leave here. That's important to know. In order to get there, we need to dare to leave here. I don't always like that. I'm going to miss here. But God's dreams disrupt, and God's dreams move, and God's dreams transform. And that isn't easy. It leads through dangerous territory like deserts and prisons and crosses, and it demands full dependence on God and the determination to trust him through those difficulties. And it demands patience and perseverance because this can be tempting to give up and to go back, to go back to the sheep in the desert, to go back to slavery in Egypt. To go back to before there was a cross to endure. But I don't want to miss God's dream. I don't want to miss his preferred future that he has in mind for me. And I hope you don't want to miss the preferred future that he has in mind for you. And to get there, we need to start by seeing God's dream. We need to prayerfully look for it and set our eyes on it. Because we too often get stuck right where we are because we see only our own dreams. Or, or even worse, we see only our current reality and we don't have any dream. And if our eyes see only what we have here and now, if our eyes are set only on protecting what we have and who we already are, then we will never be able to see what God wants for us and who God wants us to become. And if we only see the here and now, then we will be stuck forever in the here and now. But God has something else in mind, something even better, maybe not easier, maybe not more comfortable, but certainly better because it's God's preferred future and his future, his dreams are always better than ours. All right, so, so I don't have a completely clear picture of God's dream for me. I don't have a completely clear picture of God's preferred future for Ivan Rest Church. Like we said at the beginning, it's all kind of unclear. It's all kind of murky in the middle. But I do know this. I know that our God is a great, great dreamer who dreams amazingly wonderful dreams, who plans spectacular preferred futures for the people that he loves. And he's faithful. And he'll make his dream come true when out of submission and obedience, we see and then we step into his dream, into his preferred future for us. Let's pray for that step, would you? Thank you, God, for being a dreamer. Thank you for having big, exciting, 
wonderful dreams for us, your children. You want good, good things for us. You want to bless us even more than we dared to imagine. And we're grateful for that. But we admit, Father, that our dreams are often much smaller and safer and more secure. And when we see your dreams for us, we often step away. Because as great and wonderful as they are, they are also frightening. And we get nervous. So, Father, I pray that you calm our nerves. You give us a sense of confidence and joy that comes from seeing your preferred future. From stepping into that preferred future. As murky as and unclear as it may be, let that be a lesson in faith. As we hold your hand and step towards the blessing that you have in store for each one of us and for us together. Thank you, Father, for being our dreaming God and for the future that you have planned for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.